Spain is a place of escape for many people in Northern Ireland and indeed in Great Britain. This bank holiday weekend, there are hundreds of thousands of people from the British Isles who are in Spain. Some go to escape the misery of the British summer. Others, of course, go later to escape the cold and damp depressiveness of winter. Some go to escape the long arm of the law. Jonah went to Spain to escape the voice of God. Now, we don't know how this voice was coming to him. We don't know if it came in dramatic fashion like uh, the way God spoke to Moses at the burning bush or whether it was the still, small voice within the depths of his mind, the sort of experience that Elijah had. But however it came, there came a time when Jonah was convinced that God was calling him to go and speak a word for him in Nineveh. He had that feeling that we all have had at time, at times that God wants us to, to do something or say something or speak to someone or go somewhere. Jonah felt very clearly that the Lord was saying to him, go to Nineveh, that great city, and speak against it. Now Jonah was sensitive enough to hear the voice of God. But go to Nineveh. That was a problem. Nineveh wasn't exactly the sort of place you'd want to go to. Nineveh was the capital of Assyria, the capital of the kingdom that had captured and humiliated Israel. The ancient people of Assyria had long been resistant to the beliefs of the Jewish people. They were the enemy. They were the people who were hostile to the Jews. They were the people who were not interested in being told how wicked they were by some unknown individual from this failed entity called Israel. Go to Nineveh. That was a problem. Now the voice of Jonah, the voice of God wasn't ignored by Jonah. But he decided that he would do his witnessing somewhere different in Spain. Why Spain? Spain was far more interesting than Nineveh. To the people of the ancient world, Spain was an exotic place. Right at the, at the very edge of the known world, Spain spelt adventure. Tarshish, as it was sometimes called in the Bible, was, was somewhere very, very special. The great King Solomon sent his fleet there. They returned laden with gold and silver and ivory and monkeys and peacocks. Spain was a distant paradise, a Shangri-La. Jonah had been called to go to Nineveh. But Jonah went to Joppa and bought a one-way ticket to Spain. Now it's easy for us to criticize Jonah. But at least... He took action. Jonah heard and fled. So often God tries to speak to us and we hear and we ignore what God says. Or even worse, 
some of us are so deaf, so deafened by the conflicting sounds of this world that we don't even hear God speaking anymore. At least Jonah heard and he got up. But unfortunately he went off in the wrong direction. We, of course, can do the same. God, we believe, has a purpose for each of our lives. Day and daily he seeks to speak to us, to call us, to do some work, to speak some word for him. And sometimes he's calling us to go to Nineveh. Our Nineveh, the place where God wants us to do something or say something, our Nineveh may be a hard place. It may be that it's an awkward person in the street or, or at work or in the church or in our own family that God is calling us to go to. Our Nineveh may be some person who isn't interested, who's unlikely to respond, who's as hard as nails, indeed who's even our enemy. The very thought of going there or going to them scares us. We're ready to buy our tickets to Spain. Give me something more productive to do, Lord. Give me something more interesting to do, Lord. Give me something more useful to do. Give me something that's liable to be more successful to do. Anything other than going and banging my head against a brick wall in Nineveh. You see, we want to respond. But we even want to do what God wants us to do and what would please him. But so often we want to do it in Spain and not in Nineveh. There's a certain type of person and, and they want to serve Christ. But they also want to be appreciated. They want their efforts to be recognized. They want to see results for their labors. They don't want to be banging their head against a wall. They don't want to win a pointless trophy. They want the jackpot of recognition and praise and success. There are other fine Christians and they can be at times unduly attracted to the exotic new movements, new schemes, excitements, crowd, noise. Not Nineveh. Not the place of hardship. Not the place of potential rejection. Then, of course, there are others. They see a need. They hear a call of God to do something about it, but it's unpopular, or it's controversial, or it's risky, or it's not something that others in the church might like, or it's unrewarding. It's a, it's a Nineveh destination, and they're afraid. And they, too, can opt for Spain. All the time, God is saying, what you're doing is good. But it's Nineveh where I want you to serve me. It's in some harder, less attractive, more demanding, less appreciative role or place. That's where I need help. That's where I want you to serve me. Go to Nineveh. It would be lovely and more enjoyable. More inspiring to go to Spain. But God wants us at times to go to Nineveh. It's the beginning of a new week. The beginning of a new 
winter session here at Kirkpatrick, we come to church today to prepare ourselves for it, to seek God's guidance for our lives. What does this story tell us then? Firstly, that God has some work for every one of us to do. Our life has a purpose in his eyes and each day has a purpose. We need to listen today and listen each day. We need to pray each day, Lord, what do you want me to do today? He guides us through conscience. He guides us through circumstances, through that still, small voice within. And the more we practice the art of listening, the more the voice within gives clarity to what God wants. Our lives have value. They have a place in God's plan. That's a positive thing to hold on to. But we have to recognize this. God's call may be to a Nineveh situation when we want to go to Spain. God may be calling us to do very ordinary things and often speak very ordinary words in his service. He may be calling us to do something that isn't very attractive. Something of which people aren't very appreciative. God wants us to serve him. And at times it's in Nineveh places. The story that we've read in Jonah 1 is the story of the trouble Jonah caused, not just to himself, but to others by his disobedience. Jonah went to Joppa and there decided to take his own direction. Hundreds of years later, Someone else arrived in Joppa. Jesus had been crucified and raised from death. Pentecost had passed. The church had been born. And God spoke to someone else in Joppa, Simon Peter. And God told him to go to Caesarea to meet with someone who for most of his life he would have regarded as his enemy, that Roman centurion Cornelius. Peter was obedient to the vision, the vision of the sheet lowered down from heaven. Obedient to the voice of God, do not consider anything unclean that God has declared clean. Peter went to the unclean, he went to the enemy. And we can't begin to grasp the greatness of the meaning of that encounter between Peter and Cornelius. The Christian gospel for the first time was being preached to the Gentiles. Peter had gone to a Nineveh situation. And God blesses what Peter does. God pours out his spirit on those who listen to him. A barrier is broken down. Christianity is no longer a small sect within Judaism, but becomes a worldwide movement. We see in Peter the blessing of obedience. What God said to Peter was a go to Nineveh command. He went not knowing what to expect. And the world has never been the same again. Whatever God says to us, may we have the courage to do it. Before the sermon we sang that well-known hymn, When We Walk with the Lord, John Henry Samus, who was the uh, author of the hymn, 
was a very successful businessman in New York. He was a very active Christian. He worked with the YMCA, which in the early half of the 19th century was a very effective movement for evangelism and social action in America. He was doing a very useful and satisfying ministry and seeing results from what he was doing. And God called John Samus to leave his successful business, to give up the very good and fruitful work that he was doing within the YMCA and to train to be a minister of the Presbyterian Church in America. It was something that he wanted to run away from in the other direction. But in the end, he obeyed the call. He studied at a seminary. He he became a minister. He began writing hymns. Over a hundred of them published many, many hymns that had a great influence on people's lives during the, the 19th century. And that hymn that we sang sums it up, sums up his obedience. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds in our way. When we do his goodwill, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toil he doth richly repay. Not a grief, nor a loss, not a frown, nor a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Isn't that the message for us today? Whatever God calls us to, whatever he says do, wherever he sends go, don't follow the example of Jonah, but of Peter. And all will be well this week, this winter, and God will use us in the ways he wants, in the places he wants, and with the people he wants, to achieve what he wants. If we will but trust and obey. Let's pray. Living God, help us to trust and obey you, even when that involves going to Nineveh places and meeting Nineveh people. Go with us on our journey of discipleship. Grant us faith to follow where you may lead. Give us courage to step out into the unknown. Grant us grace to serve you with humility. And give us the perseverance to keep following in obedience until our journey's end. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.